from the Camp Grilling Studios. This is Sporting Journal Radio. Presented by OnX. Know where you stand with OnX. That's a new personal best bike here. Now here's your host, Brett Amundsen. That's right. Thank you for tuning in on this station right here by downloading the podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts or by listening on demand at sportingjournalradio.com. That's Dan Amundsen right over there. Dan, how are you doing? Doing well. Got a big show. Yeah, it's got a big show for you this week. Uh, We're back in Minnesota. It feels weird almost to be back in Minnesota. We've been everywhere, it seems like, the last uh, couple of months or something like that. We were just down in Florida. We were at ICAST, and then uh, we did some fishing at Disney World. We also did some fishing uh, in the Gulf for saltwater, for snook. Had an epic day of snook fishing. We're going to tell you all about that coming up. We're going to get a fishing report from Garrett Spear from Ottertail Lakes Country. And then we'll also talk to Joe Henry, who just fished a big tournament on Lake Erie. And then also, he'll give us a report on Lake of the Woods to let us know how fishing has been up there as well. Dan, who are the sponsors this week? Yeah, we've got Haybill Heights Campground and Resort on Devil's Lake. Book a trip to Devil's Lake at haybillheights.com. Ottertail Lakes Country. Find your inner otter at ottertaillakescountry.com. Lake of the Woods Tourism, Lake of the Woods is the walleye capital of the world. Plan a trip for this summer at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. Camp Grayling, catch the Grand Slam, Lake Trout, Pike Grayling, and Walleye Fish Camp Grayling this summer. On X, know where you stand with On X. Mid-migration outfitters, come hunt waterfall this fall out of heated 10-man pits and comfortable blinds. Learn more at midmigrationoutfitters.com. Prairie Sportsman, the new season wrapped up. Watch those episodes anytime at the Prairie Sportsman YouTube channel or check your TV guide for local air times. Whew. I can't believe we're uh, like, it's almost the end of July, Dan. Yeah, where'd the summer go? Yeah. I think we just started it and all of a sudden we're talking about hunting season (laughs) real fast. That's right. You know, I used to hate summer. I used to hate it. I still don't like the heat. In fact, when we went to Florida, I was not ready to be in Orlando in the middle of July. Legitimately thought you were going to just wither away and melt. You had so much sweat coming out of your body. It was gross, but uh, thankfully it was 100 degrees back in Minnesota while we were there, so it wasn't like we were missing out on it, but we had just spent a month in Saskatchewan where it maybe got to 80 uh, for the most part. It was pretty cool. It was it was nice up there. It was comfortable back in Minnesota now, but for uh, just for a couple of weeks, and we're going to be going back up to Saskatchewan and uh, hanging out at Camp Grayling for a little bit, and then we'll go up to Tobin Lake. We'll be doing this show from back up there, talking about big walleyes, monster pike, lake trout, and also some... Uh, some uh, bear hunting and whitetails and waterfowl from Saskatchewan. Pretty excited about that. But I'll tell you, like, I, I'm enjoying summer now. While I used to hate it, and I don't like the heat. I, I actually have been enjoying summer. Maybe that's because of some of the things that we've been doing, Dan. You'd never seen the ocean before. You finally got to uh, cross it off the list. Saw it and fished it. It's off the list. It's a real place. So all you who are skeptical, <laughs> it's, it's legit. I saw it with my own eyes. What would you think of that trip to Florida? Well, it was, it was cool. ICAST was awesome. We got to see some really cool stuff, which we'll tell you about next segment. Mm-hmm. Um, got to meet a bunch of new people, and then we got to f- do some bass fishing in a really neat place. We'll have a video coming up soon, and then fishing the ocean. <laughs> you know, we, we, we get some hard-fighting fish, freshwater fish, but, man, those saltwater fish are just angry. They are mad at the world and mad at you for hooking them in the mouth. Yeah, that's right. We went from catching big lake trout in Saskatchewan, which are trying to rip your arms off, to catching 35-inch snook, which are trying to rip your arms off. And we will have videos of all this. If you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, check us out on YouTube. Look for Sporting Journal Radio. We'll give you a walkthrough from ICAST when we come back. 
Devil's Lake is legendary, and this summer has been legendary for walleyes. Don't miss out. Call Haybale Heights Campground and Resort today to book one of their modern cabins on East Bay. The cabins are furnished with a full bathroom, kitchen, and all the amenities like high-speed internet and are clean following CDC guidelines. Staying at Haybale Heights gives you full access to a private boat launch, fish cleaning station, and beach area. Learn more at haybaleheights.com. That's haybaleheights.com. Plan your trip to legendary Devil's Lake today. All right, now we're going to check in with Garrett Sphere from Slab Seeker Fishing up in Otter Tail Lakes Country. Uh, Garrett, how's it going, man? Hey, doing good. Thanks for having me on, buddy. You bet. You know, I wanted to talk to you for a couple things because I want to get a fishing report from Otter Tail County, uh, which I'm going to ask you about here in just one second. But I know you fished uh, saltwater before, and I'd never been... I've never fished the ocean. It's never been something that I said, gosh, I got to go fish the ocean someday. But I'll tell you what, now that I've done it, I want to go do it again. For sure. I love it. You know, it's kind of my favorite fishing trip of the year is we try to go down in the winter at some point, which isn't the best time to go and fish in Florida, but um, it gets you out of Minnesota in February for a while. So yeah, I've, I've been down there, uh, I don't know, I think the past maybe four or five years in february to do a little tarpon fishing we've done some oh, redfish we've done some snook fishing down there i'm not an offshore guy i don't usually do the offshore thing you yeah well we we just kind of went where they where they took us and we we ended up we were working icast and then uh we were i was working the live target booth and these two guys came in and they had their their icast badge on and it said disney on there i was like disney like what what do you guys do at disney oh we guide bass fishing what oh yeah we got we got four lakes four properties on uh, disney world and we uh so take me take me fishing.org or something like that it's the organization they partnered up with disney and they take people bass fishing out there and crappie fishing and there's some other fish and there's some some 10 pounders in there and they said uh i said well we're we're down here we're looking for a place to fish we're going to be filming for sporting journal radio um you know if you got any openings let me know he's like well i we're we're about 60 days booked out but let me see if we can work something in, uh, you know, work something in here this weekend since this is your only opportunity. And they ended up, I think they had a cancellation. So they took us out at 1.30 in the afternoon. It was 100 degrees. So we were out there bass fishing at 100 degrees, and I didn't, I didn't expect much. But uh, we, ended up, we ended up catching a fair amount of fish. And they had just spawned, so they were a little skinny for this time of year. But uh, but it was a lot of fun. And we were fishing Disney World. Like, we went into the contemporary hotel that the monorail rolls through. And it, it, we went by, what, Mickey's? What's it called? Mickey's Cafe? Mickey's Cafe? Chef, Chef Mickey's. Chef, Chef Mickey's. Mickey's yeah. Whatever it is. We're at Disney oh. World bass fishing. <laughs> it was so crazy. And then the next day, we went out and... Um, and fished, uh, fished in the Gulf. So we drove down to Sarasota. We were with Vic Cook from Live Target, and uh, he took us fishing, uh, took us fishing out there along with Dina Vic. And we were gonna fish for snook and redfish and trout. And when we got there, we ended up going out with Billy. Oh, I can't remember Allstrom. Billy Alstrom. Yeah, with Suncoast Fishing Charters. And he said we're gonna go about three miles out. So sit down, hang on. And it wasn't really windy, but it was blowing a little bit. We went out three miles out into 30 feet of water. And if you would have asked me why we went where we went, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. But obviously he knew some spots. There was some structure down there. And I called it finesse to panic. It was, was my snook fishing experience. And this is how it went. So we were fishing with pinfish. Basically, we just had a treble hook that he would kind of tail hook a pinfish which, with, which is like a, looks like a little bluegill almost. 
We throw it out back yep. Yep, behind the boat and then we would just let it swim down to the bottom and you had to just keep just enough tension on it to feel it swimming down. And if you pulled back on it at all or, or gave it pressure, it would swim up to the top. And you'd have to reel it in and put a new one on. So you had to, you had to feel that thing go all the way down. And if you gave it too much pressure, you could let out a little bit of line and get it to swim back down. So you had to feel it and not, not pull it. I mean, it, it took a little getting used to. And then as soon as we get down near the bottom, whomp, something would, something would eat it. And then you'd have to feel that and set the hook and then reel like crazy because otherwise these fish would take, take your line and go straight under the structure and break you off within two seconds. Like literally within, I don't even know, two seconds. It was, it would happen so fast. Wickedly fast. So you you fast. didn't even set the hook. It was just reel and pull, reel it, and pull, reel and pull. It was like pull. circle hook. So it was just, yeah, it was just crank and it, he'd be like, reel, 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 reel. Just be screaming at you, you know? So it'd be like this finesse. You'd just be watching. And then it was just complete chaos. And it was, you know, trying to reel in this fish. And yeah, sometimes they'd be Goliath groupers and there was no chance getting it up and they go down and break you off. But a lot of times we were catching, it was like an epic day of snook fishing with uh, multiple like mid 30 inch fish. And I, that's where you got, it was the first time I'd ever fished snook. And I, I looked at that profile of that fish and it, it, it looked like a walleye that fought like a bass. So like if you caught a 35 inch walleye that fought like a bass, that's how I, that's how I describe snook fishing Garrett. Right. We did something similar when I was down there, but we, we actually fished those pinfish on a jig head and we were fishing in this mess of tree limbs down there. And, uh, we could see them real clear because the guide had a, a pan optics unit. We could see these. And like you said, if you let them get down there and all those limbs were so sharp that they'd break, they'd cut you off in that every time. And so you just, you had to really put the screws to them and pull them up out of there. But what a fun fish. I mean, they're an absolute blast. It was so much fun. And then, I was trying to get down near the water with my camera to film some of these things. And they'd be like, oh, maybe don't get too close to them down there. I'm like, oh, come on. I do this all the time, whatever. And then you'd see a barracuda coming, <laughs> swimming up, trying to eat the snook that you caught. And then at one point, uh, yeah, Vic hooked into a shark and that I'm down real low with my camera. And that shark almost comes right out of the water, right at me with my camera down there. And uh, let's just say that was the fastest I've moved in a long time. <laughs> in a while, yeah. I know tarpon fishing down there too. I really wanted to get a good photo with, uh, you know, I, I think my biggest is right around a hundred pounds and wow. I really wanted to get in the water with the fish and hold the fish in the water because, you know, it's not legal to take that size of a tarpon out. And, um, in the backcountry country we're fishing, he, he advised me, you don't want to be in the water back here. You can't see. And therefore the sharks can't see. And so not that they attack people, but you know, they'll, could bump into you and then decide that they need to latch on. And so uh, I, I didn't get to get in and get the mm. classic in the water tarpon shot that I really wanted to get. Well, then we had just watched the video on that's oh, going around Instagram of the, the guy trying to unhook a shark and it like rips his pinky off. <laughs> like, ah, okay, I'm going to stay away from the, the sharp teeth of the ocean fish that are swimming down here, but yeah, probably the craziest story I have down there is I was in the back country. We were fishing with Rick Stanzik on Isla Mirada and we were way back in Florida Bay back by Flamingo. And, um, I wanted to get at least a three finger mouth grab on, on a tarpon and hold it up both sides so I could get a nice picture. And we, we fought the fish and we had it in next to the boat. And, um, I got my first three finger grab on him, and the fish thrashed and I lost my grip. And so then, you know, Rick had the leader and he, pulled the fish back in by the leader and I got another grab 
Well, as soon as I'm holding it, my wife snaps the photo. A shark attacks the back end of the fish. <laughs> and uh, so I'm holding this thing, and the shark's got the other end of it. So you've never seen me get it. You know, like you said, that's the fastest I've probably moved in my life. And so I bailed <laughs> out of there. Um, we didn't want the, the shark to eat the tarpon, and so it took off. We still got it hooked. And so we just quickly broke the fish off. And uh, and, and Rick Stanzik does a lot of YouTube stuff like you do. And so it's on his, if you go to Isla Mirada tarpon fishing, he's got it all on YouTube too. I think he said that was the most viral video he's ever filmed. Uh, you know, because he, he had a good kind of a clickbait title on it too. You know, a near shark attack on my boat today. And so he's like, well, I got to see this, you know. <laughs> you know, it's probably only at one point that shark was probably only this far away from my hands. Uh, oh, but, uh, you know, I was able to get out of there quickly. <laughs> and uh, and he, he had a conversation with me after that. And he's, you know, we, we booked him for two days. And so then the next day in the morning, my wife wanted to use the bathroom. My son and I boarded his boat, and he said, Garrett, i got to talk to you for a second. Uh, if I can have a word with you in private, and I'm thinking, oh, what did I screw up on your boat yesterday? Yeah, you need to talk to me in private. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely, right. And he's like, I know you always want to get a good shot of these fish. Yeah, if you'll notice, this is from this last year. My hands are not in there because he kind of outlawed that on his boat. Mm. Um, but he said, yeah, I just wanted to talk to you. I'm not going to let customers uh, do mouth grabs anymore. I'm just going to hold their fish for them. You know, we can pull them up boatside and get a picture, but I'm going to be doing the, doing the holding. He's like, because if you would have lost your fingers yesterday, and I, you know, and I said, absolutely, I understand, you know, that the insurance liability with that. I have a guide business as well. And That's, um, you know, yeah. that's kind of a, not to derail the subject here, but that's kind of a touchy thing about, guide services and clients and who holds the fish for pictures. And that's a, that's, it can be a touchy subject sometimes. A hundred percent, you know, and you know, on my boat, there's nothing that can uh, take your fingers off. And so it's kind of a different <laughs> situation. I'm like, you want to hold it? Here you go. Yeah. Uh, in the worst case scenario, they get finned or poked by it, yeah. which is a pretty common occurrence and you heal. Um, but you know, out there, it's a whole different, uh, different animal. Oh, sharks are a real deal. And, uh, you know, like you said, it was one of those situations where every fish we were reeling in was boom, those bull shark would come and attack it, you know? And, uh, to the point where it would even grab them, try to grab them right out of your hands, both sides. Well, that's a pretty that's so serious situation sometimes. <laughs> well, that's that's what Billy said on our boat was, uh, no matter what you're catching, there's there's a bigger one down there. <laughs> you don't know what it is. So <laughs> right. The ocean is crazy. We man. always call it the tax man. You know, the tax, the tax man's got to get a piece of the action. Too, yeah, you know? absolutely. So that's always the term for sharks when you're down there as a tax man. Well, kind of a funny unrelated story about letting customers hold fish is, I think the worst injury of my boat ever is my wife caught a big like a 10 and a half inch bluegill one time and she always wears sandals in the boat i usually don't i wear like dude shoes or crocs i'm not a big you know flip-flop guy but she always wears sandals in the boat so i hand her this 10 and a half inch bluegill and she's holding it out on her fingertips trying to get a nice picture without her fingers in the shot and i get my camera out i take the shot and bloop the bluegill falls out of her hand and spines are right on top of her foot with that mm. that spine that top spine that sticks out and she's like, oh, that really hurt. Oof, you know, and and so we, you know, kind of moved on and didn't think much of it. Well, the next day it was really kind of red. The next day it was even a little redder and it started to swell oh, to the boy. point where it, it got infected. And so we went into the doctor and they removed a little chunk of bluegill spine in there. 
Mm. And uh, she had to do an antibiotic. Well, the first antibiotic didn't take the infection. I think it took her two rounds of a really strong antibiotic to get that infection out of her foot. So, wow. so sometimes even those little spines could do more than what you think they'll do. And, you know, stuff like that's happened to me, mostly in my hands, but hundreds of times. And you don't ever think of it. But uh, well, you know, it's a little piece of that was really good. And, and that's really a th- the kind of thing that can happen. And, and it can be a liability for a guide service. You know, up at, at Tazin in Saskatchewan, when sometimes we're catching 50-pound lake trout, we, you know, a lot of times our guides are the ones holding those big fish with the client, whoever caught it, standing next to them or standing behind it. And we'll get roasted on Facebook. Oh man, I would never book a trip there if I can't hold the fish I caught. And it's like, buddy, have you ever, have you ever held a 50 pound lake trout? Now, granted, some people, some people have, but not very many. There's very few people on the planet that have probably held a 50 pound lake trout. And that's 50 pounds of muscle. That's really mad. Right. So, that's <laughs> you know, and they're, it, it's, you know, they're strong. So I've watched them get dropped. So it's like, uh, it becomes a safety and a liability issue, not just for the, for the angler, but for the fish, you know, we're just trying to protect the fish that's as much as possible. Bring up too is, you know, that, that fish hits the, the floor of the boat and it's probably a goner, you know, yeah. trout are real susceptible to handling. And so, you know, that thing hits the floor and it's, it's probably dead. And you think about how old a fish like that is. Might be 70 years too. old. Yeah. Right. Well, let's talk about your Otter Tail Lakes Country fish. How's fishing been this summer, Garrett? Uh, it's been good. So I've been doing kind of a combination of things. I've been uh, guiding big bluegills. Um, we've been kind of fighting through a real heavy algae bloom on the lake that I've been fishing bluegills. So that's uh, been a little bit of a challenge just the past couple of days. But uh, the temps are cooling now and the wind is blowing today. I think that's going to kind of break up some of that algae and maybe get a little, little better fishing. But that being said, we're still catching some big fish. It's just been a little bit of a grind and the water just got kind of green on us. Uh, but I think this a little bit cooler temps, you know, it's down into the 60s today. I think it's only about 67 degrees. Mm-hmm. So I think these cooler temps and some of this wind will kind of break up and push that algae out and hopefully... This was kind of a unique fish. I don't know if you can kind of zoom out or turn the photo, but oh, uh, there's the tail. Look I, that. I had buzzed in face like that. So how do we measure this? That tail <laughs> went, you know, probably to about the eleven and a quarter inch mark. But I don't know if you legitimately give us eleven and a quarter on that bluegill. But that was kind of a unique. I've never seen that. I sent it to Scott McIntyre, who works for the DNR, and he said that's a a filament in the tail that overgrew. Uh, and so he said, by DNR regulation, you could call that fish 11 and a quarter. So that's, <laughs> that's interesting. And this fish actually, Garrett, this fish came up in a, ta- in a discussion that some of us were having, I think while we were up at Tazin, because we were trying to catch a world record lake trout and the IGFA standards, the way they measure fish for lake trout is you measure to the fork in the tail, not the tip of the, the tail. Okay. You go to the fork. So that way, if you have something like that, I guess. I don't know. To me, I would go to the, if you're talking about the length of a fish, why wouldn't you go to the, why wouldn't you go to the end of the tail? Something like that. But I guess if you go to the fork, you eliminate the, like an oddity like that, some sort of extreme oddity. Like, like that, that like, a, like a miscreant. In Target Walleye, I don't know if you know that Brett McComas who does Target Walleye, but I, I like to read my Target Walleye, Walleye emails every week. And, uh, and he posted a picture of this fish in there and said, so how do you measure that? And he brought up a good point too in the walleye tournaments, you know, with a lot of the catch and release format that you're seeing nowadays, you know, the, the rules say that you pinch the tail and measure to the longest point of the pinch tail. Well, in this case, that would have given you some, you know, definitely some extra <laughs> length there. And then he had some interesting pictures of walleyes that had kind of the same thing where they had either a growth out of the center or a real long white tip that came out, you know, two inches. Um, so that's kind of an interesting thing. But uh, Scott McIntyre said, you know, the way the Minnesota DNR 
encourages anglers and, and requires anglers to measure is to pinch the tail and then to measure to the longest point. When I think so, that's, uh, I think we saw it in that target walleye email too. And that's how we started talking about it because then when we were down fishing saltwater and fishing, fishing those snook, they had a, a, a sticker on the inside of the boat, a measuring sticker, you know, and it said, don't pinch the tail. So I don't know who to believe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Maybe I it depends kind of on species. Depending on what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it kind of varies on what you're doing. Yeah, I didn't know that about the IGFA regulations either, so I would have totally measured that wrong. Yeah. I'm used to doing it Minnesota DNR regulation-wise, you know. Well, the beauty of it for me is I'm going to measure it. I'm going to take a picture of it. I'm probably going to film it. I'm probably never going to enter something into a world record category or anything like that. Maybe if I catch an absolute giant, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to measure the longest part of the fish and color good and, uh, and, and take a nice picture. And go you know, that's there. the same for me too. And some of that IGFA stuff too, I think is, I mean, not to discredit it, but I, I knew an older gentleman who was trying to catch a line class IGFA record steelhead fishing. So he's out there steelhead fishing with like about two or three pound oh, test. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, a, a really long noodle rod. And I just, you know, when he's explaining this to me, I mean, hopefully you couldn't tell by the look of my face. I kept my opinion to myself, but I was looking at him like, why in the world would you want to do this? Like, yeah. you know, uh, I, just, I understand. I, I think for me, I want to fight those fish on as heavy a line as I can get by with, you know, which is usually in that six to eight pound range. Yeah. <laughs> you get more than that and you don't get very many bites and you get less than that. And it's like, I mean, why, why do you want to go out and snap off every fish that you hook for the entire day? It just doesn't doesn't really add up to me but he was doing that so he could you know have caught the largest steelhead on two pound test or yeah. three pound test. get his name in the record book exactly get his name in the record book so some of that stuff too is like kind of like you know, right. in my opinion but you know to each their own that's right yeah it's, uh, you know, it's legal with steelhead, I, it's legal yeah with steelhead i guess my beef with it was just that it's probably not really good with the fish because how long are you going to have right. to fight this thing? I'm probably just to do it. And, you know, those fish are so sensitive to, you know, you, you, you fight it to the point of exhaustion and all this lactic acid builds up in this fish. And then at that point, then you take it and you starve it for oxygen to get all these, you know, legally required record book photographs. And it just doesn't seem like a very good thing to do with them. Honestly, we've had guys that have wanted. Uh, we've had guys that have wanted to come up to Tazen Lake to uh, to try to catch some some line class records like that, and we won't we won't let them do it just for that very reason. The stress it puts on the fish at times. So, but uh, hey, uh, Garrett, if people want to book a trip with you, a rabbit trail. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> If people want to book a trip with you, get out and do some fishing, maybe do some steelheading. Uh, how do they reach you? Yeah, it's going to be that time of year. We'll be steelheading in um, the whole month of October and the first few weeks of November. Yeah, I have a website. It's slabseekerfishing.com. Otherwise, it's uh, slabseekerfishing on Facebook. You can kind of see what we're doing currently. Currently, we're uh, doing those big bluegills. We're also trolling crappies on uh, with plastics in the weed beds, picking up a lot of walleyes, incidentally, uh, as we're trolling crappies. So we can almost call that a crappie slash walleye trip. Sure. But that was a really good one. Uh, best one on my boat for a long time. That was 29 inches. Oh, there you go. Were you crappie fishing? Uh, I don't want to. We were. I don't want to <laughs> promise anybody fish like that because we usually don't catch them quite that big. But, you know, 21, 22 is pretty common. 29, unfortunately, not that common. Like but, uh, accidental 29-inch yeah, we walleyes. Exactly. We, you know, when I thought it was a 30, I seen it come up and its head was just massive. 
And I, I told my customer, I said, this is a 30 inch wallet. And he said, Oh, don't tell me that. I don't want to, I don't want to goof this up. You know, we're just using four pound line. And we got it in the net and both of them. And I looked at it. He's like, that is a 30. And I said, I think it is. And he said, I'm going to, you know, maybe put it on my wall. Well, then we got it on the bump board. The bump board never lies. We're like 29. And he's like, nah. yeah, it's, I can't buy it. I need an honest 30 for my wallet. So we released it. By That's pretty she cool. She still swim. Nice. Very good. Slab Seeker Fishing. And of course, you can find your inner otter at ottertaillakescountry.com. Garrett Sphere, thanks for the time today on the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Have a good rest of the afternoon. Did you know there are more than 1,000 lakes in Ottertail County? Yep. And I'm going to fish as many as I can. I'm an outdoorsy otter. Nothing beats a full day of fishing for me. The lakes of Ottertail County give me plenty of options to lower my boat and snag the perfect catch. Not an outdoorsy otter? No problem. Ottertail County has something for everyone. You just need to find your inner otter. To find your inner otter, go to ottertaillakescountry.com. Well, it's been a whirlwind couple of weeks for us traveling all over from Saskatchewan to Florida. And virtually now we're going to go up to Lake of the Woods to check in with uh, Joe, Henry, Joe Henry from Lake of the Woods Tourism. Joe, how you doing? Hey, Brett. Long time no see, man. You, uh, you've been on the road. I have been on the road and it sounds like I've been on the road. Trust me, I feel better. <laughs> feel better than I sound right now. But uh, yeah, we just got back from ICAST. Joe, it was a good time. Yeah, you know what? ICAST is a good time. I uh, I normally go. I wasn't able to go this year, but uh, I'll tell you, you know, when I've gone to ICAST, something always good happens at ICAST. And it's funny, uh, Danny and I were talking before uh, we got on the air, you know, how, you know, you, you, you know, fishing professionals from Minnesota were very well known. They might only live a couple hours away from me, never see them. And then you go to Florida and you have a chance to spend time with them. It was amazing, all the people that we, we kind of recognized as we walked around. But one of my favorite parts, Joe, I think was uh, right away in the first night, we were walking through the new product showcase. And I walked by this crowd of people, and this guy turns around and slaps me on the back. And he says, how you doing, bud? It was Bill Dance. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't go up to him. I didn't say hi to him. He turned around and said hi to me. I don't know if you knew that or not, but I'm kind of a big deal, Dan. Kind of a big deal. Was, <laughs> no, he had well, no idea. He obviously you know, had no idea you know, who I was. It was he was just being a nice guy, but it was uh, it was a pretty neat experience. Well, and that you know, I tell you, you want to talk about the who's who in the fishing industry, and uh, you know, whether it's walleye guys from our neck of the woods, you know, to the bass people that you see, uh, you, you know, and you've seen on TV for years and hear about in the bass industry, and there's some big guns. I mean, everybody goes to that show, and it's interesting too because it's it's the different all the different niches. You know, it's it's freshwater fishing, saltwater fishing, it's walleye, it's bass, it's fly, you know, fly fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it's so many different niches within fishing and, and really they're all there. And when we, we started, we had to do a presentation for Live Target at the beginning and uh, Kevin Van Dam and Brandon Lester were there. So immediately we had, you know, some big names in the fishing industry that we were surrounded by. And then Dan and I, as we were walking through the show that first day, it was like, yeah, Bill Dance and, you know, all these, you know, names in the industry. And then by the second or third day, we were just like, eh, whatever. There's just, we're just surrounded by them. It's just part of the, you know, you kind of get used to it after a while. Well, you know, I remember being down there and running into uh, uh, Wild Bill from A Deadliest Catch. You know, and yeah, somebody yeah. at one of the booths, they paid him to be there. And he was a very nice guy. And we both had red Solo cups in your hand. And we were just trying to stay hydrated in that hot Florida sunshine. Um, <laughs> stay hydrated. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. He was, he was a very down-to-earth guy. And, you know, one of the things I've noticed is most of the, the pro, the, the, the celebrity anglers, the pro anglers, 
Uh, most of them are very, very nice people. Most were very approachable, which I was impressed with. Uh, I remember meeting uh, Mike Iconelli at, a, Iconelli at a sports show, and you know he was a very nice guy to speak with, very down to earth, and a little, little bit uh, toned down from when you see him on TV and he's screaming when he catches a bass, you oh, know. Yeah. But you know, some of that, stuff, some of that, it's promotion, and uh, I, I appreciate the fact that uh, for, for the people that can do well and be successful but also be down to earth. And as my wife would say, uh, they're not all that in a bag of chips. You know? <laughs> That's about right. It was a neat experience. And I know, Joe, uh, normally you're down there, but you you weren't able to travel this year because you were somewhere else. Well, you know, actually, it, it was a few things. I had uh, I had a number of things going on um, all at the same time, and I just couldn't make them all work. So something I had to give. And, you know, I, um, I, I think what you're referring to is I just got home from I do. A, uh, I used to fish on, I used to guide on Lake Erie. So back in my life. I worked corporate in Cleveland, Ohio. And long story short, I got hooked up with the charter boat industry, became a charter captain on Lake Erie. I've guided on Lake Erie. And now that I'm back in Minnesota, my home, you know, um, and I've been here for a long, long time now, but um, my buddies who are from Lake Erie, who are charter captains, uh, I get invited back for uh, an annual charter captain tournament, basically. It's the Demeter's tournament um, based out of kind of the Marblehead, Sandusky, Port Clinton area of, of Ohio on Lake Erie. And uh, so as, as charter captain, I'm invited back. It's a real honor to be able to participate in this tournament because there's a lot of good charter captains on the lake that don't even get a chance to participate. Gives me the chance to go back and maintain my friendships with some very, very close friends, you know, once a year. And if, if I wouldn't do this, there wouldn't be anything. And we fish hard. We, we go and pre-fish for a few days, and then we fish a, a one-day tournament. It's a uh, thir- 30 charter boats to a tournament, five uh, people to a charter boat, casting only, and it's in Canada waters only, um, hmm. which uh, is where this time of year a lot of the walleyes are a little bit north there of, of that uh, Marblehead, Port Clinton area. And, uh, yeah, what a, what a, what a good uh, few days uh, reuniting and catching a bunch of fish, and uh, it's always good. And two years in a row, first place? Yeah, yeah, we won it again this year, and you know, very, very, very honored and, and humbled to win in this thing again because there is so many good anglers, and you know how it is. We we worked hard. I mean, this wasn't a, a few days of kicking back. It was you know getting up at five five thirty in the morning, getting on the water, hitting it hard all day, having a few uh, uh, diet cokes and uh, you know a nice dinner at night, and hitting the, hitting the racket, you know, eight thirty nine o'clock, and uh, and just trying to figure out those darn fish, and then. Hopefully it comes together in the one day tournament, which, you know, for us, it did. It, it wasn't a slam fest for those big fish. I'll tell you, we had to, we had to grind every big fish we caught. Um, the, the way that tournament works, Brett, is it's a measure tournament. So you weigh, you actually, you measure your best 10 walleyes and our best 10, which won the tournament came out to I believe it was 247.9 inches. So 24 point, basically 24.8 inch average. Uh, per walleye. So I think our big fish was just a little over 27. We had another 27. I think our small fish was just over 23 inches and hmm. everything in between there. So, but we caught a lot of fish and, uh, you know, you catch a lot of walleyes, you catch a uh, sheephead. We caught some huge catfish, uh, had a couple, a few fish come on button that we think were walleyes that were, really would have helped us. And, you know, thankfully for us, it, it all worked out. Now, I, I want to start talking about Lake of the Woods here, but I want to ask you one more question about Erie because normally when you think about that lake, you think about giant, giant walleyes. I would have expected you to have had bigger fish than what you guys had. Is that, is that just, was it just a tough bite? Has there been a change in the lake or what, what would you say about that? I would say a couple things. I'd say first off, I think right now on average, um, 
you know, Lake of the Woods probably has bigger walleyes in many cases. And I, boy, I hope people, you know, people don't go mad when I say this. I think right now Lake of the Woods probably has a, a real, we have a real strong population of big fish, fish 28, 29, 30 inches. I think we're probably, well, had, I, I speak to the Minnesota tournament trail that just happened on Lake of the Woods. They had five fish for 40 pounds were the winners. That's a, that's an eight pound fish, a 28 yeah. inch fish typically. So that's five fish. And, you know, so it just kind of gives you a little bit difference in size range. Now Lake Erie, no, no disrespect. You know, a lot of those walleyes this time of year, they migrate east where the deeper water is. So some of those real big fish are probably in the eastern part of Lake Erie. We're fishing the western part of Lake Erie. Hmm. I think that's part of it. Um, I also think, I mean, Lake Erie is full of walleyes. I mean, it, they're, they're, you know, you, you turn on that that uh, sonar sometimes, and it looks, I mean, it's unbelievable how many fish are out there. A lot of, a lot of eaters right now, you know. And uh, so anyway, it's, it's a great fishery. It, it's all respects to Lake Erie and Lake Erie sport fishing and, you know, Lake of the Woods and Lake Erie, we share a lot of things. And, you know, we, we, uh, some of my friends out there are like, you know, I see your videos and stuff, Joe, you keep calling Lake of the Woods, the walleye capital of the world. <laughs> you get hit in the head, you know, and I'm well, like, okay, well, let me ask you a question. How, how's your ice fishing been the last few years? Well, they haven't had any. I mean, you know, you can go back and forth and, but it, it's a really a respect thing. Lake Erie is a wonderful fishery. As Lake of the Woods. Yeah, and what I will say, and and one thing that I've always wondered about is they're always keeping those big fish over there, and that's the difference yes. between Lake of the Woods and Lake Erie. You know, in, in Lake of the Woods, majority of those big ones are going back, which is protecting that resource. I've always been surprised that they, they that that they let you know that there isn't a slot or there isn't some sort of protection for those bigger fish over there, and that's no, it's, it's 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 catch and flay. You are yeah. so right. And everything you catch, you you, you kill them, and, and and you don't catch and release at all. The big ones. So when I would when I was guiding over there when I was just, uh, running a charter boat, you know, and I'd come in and clean, you know, six walleyes for the customers, um, uh, you know, times six people plus my own. So seven times six, 42 walleyes. And I'd maybe clean two boats of fish. I was cleaning 84 walleyes. You know what? When I was using electric knife and cutting through those rib cages, the way I do it with electric, you go, you cut through some of those rib cages that are 20, 29 inch fish. I mean, it's like, <laughs> when you're wearing your darn knives out, you know, <laughs> a little bit different than just cleaning all eaters, you know? And I mean, that um, makes that my head, that makes my head hurt thinking about cleaning, you know, 42, eight, eight or nine pound walleyes, Joe. They all weren't, they all weren't eight or nine pounds, but you know, there was a few in there. You get some 24s, some 25s, and then you get your eaters, and you get a mixture, but still those big, those big rib, rib cages to cut through. Here's one thing that's interesting about Lake Erie too, Brett, you know, uh, uh, they have a, um, something called a fall brawl and it's a big walleye tournament where you can enter into it and then fish all fall. You can fish for over a month and it's the biggest walleye gets wins. I think a, a warrior boat actually. And you know, that, uh, some of the guys that tell me that's become so popular and fall fishing has become so popular that there's a lot of night fishing that goes on in the fall. And that's messing up some of the duck hunting spots that they would normally duck hunt because uh, those ducks are getting kicked out of there by the anglers trolling by shore and stuff. Hmm. So now the normal duck hunting spots are, are different. Hmm. It's interesting. Well, you know, anytime you're going to be using the, the water, it's going to change things just a little bit. Uh, Joe, there's a big event uh, tournament coming up at Lake of the Woods here soon too, isn't there? Yeah, let's talk about Lake of the Woods. You know what? Um, f- fishing has been excellent and there's a big tournament coming next year. You know, the, the Warrior Rally, and the Warrior dealer, dealer Meeting and the David A. Anderson Memorial Walleye Tournament is coming to Lake of the Woods this next weekend. You know, they've been coming for many, many years, and we're very thankful, very grateful for the Warrior family for choosing Lake of the Woods for their for their dealer meeting and for their big, you know, David A. Anderson Memorial Walleye Shootout. You know, uh, 
uh, warriors are good boats. I don't know if people know this, but they're made in Melrose, Minnesota, right in central Minnesota. And you know, they like to pick a, a location that has big water that, that fits those big warrior boats real good. You know, those warriors are just real good big water boats, big walleye boats, you know. And and uh, they come up to Lake of the Woods and they have their tournament. They always, these are some good anglers. And they always find some big headed fish. It's a catch um, record release tournament. Uh, the AIM format, in fact, AIM on the back end is running the tournament. And uh, they do a nice job with it, and, and uh, they get over 100 boats. It's really, when you talk about the Warrior family, this is a, it's not a huge boat company, and people feel connected, I think, to, uh, to Warrior. So uh, nonetheless, they come up and, and stay, and some people free fish, and they fish this tournament, and it's, uh, it's really a neat, neat event up at Lake of the Woods. All right, Joe. Well, if somebody wants to come up there yet this summer, start planning maybe a fall or even an ice fishing trip to Lake of the Woods, what should they do? You know what? Boat ramps are rolling Charters are open. You want to come up and have some some good summer fishing yet, and it's going on good. This fishing's been good, Brett. Check out our website, and that is lakeofthewoodsmn.com. Northern Minnesota's Walleye Factory is a year-round world-class fishing destination. The perfect getaway this summer is just a short drive to Lake of the Woods. Fish Big Traverse Bay, the Rainy River, or visit the unique Northwest Angle. To catch big fish, you have to go where the big fish are. Plan your trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. That's lakeofthewoodsmn.com. 852 million acres of public land, 147 million private properties, all in the palm of your hand. The number one hunting GPS app just got better. With hundreds of custom map layers, 3D and topographic maps, you can easily scout on the road or at home before you go. And now you can get important weather details, CWD detection, and even know what crops have been planted where. Get the most trusted hunting GPS app ever made. Onyx. Know where you stand with Onyx. What do you think of iCast, Dan? Great place to come nerd out, learn about new products, and hang out with a bunch of fishing nerds. Did you see everything? No, I don't think you can see everything in two days, but we're going to try it. We got like 15 minutes to show you everything. Here we go. Tackle Attic, which is a tackle store down at Lake Sam Raver, and we're here looking at all the new products and checking out some stuff to get into the store. You seeing some good stuff or what? Seeing some great looking stuff. They, get, they got a lot of new stuff out this year, and which they do every year. Um, but yeah, some definitely some things that caught my eye. So you're in Texas. What was bass fishing better in Texas or Minnesota? <laughs> Texans are probably going to hate me for this, but man, you, it's it's hard to be good bass fishing in Minnesota. Minnesota. It's hard. You can catch bigger ones down in Texas, right. but your your class of three to six pounders in Minnesota just and the amount of fish that you catch in that range, you can't. We've been here at the Mustad booth all week here at iCast talking about their new products, talking about the new Live Target products, and Toughline as well. We're really excited about these new baits, the Live Shrimp. And this thing is a really cool bait because obviously ultra realistic because it's Live Target, right? But it's got a light little rattle in there so it mimics a fleeing shrimp as it's being retrieved. It's got a weight system on it so that you can change the action of the bait. You can make it drop slower, you can make it drop faster, you can make it drop into deeper water, and then you can get a little bit of a wobble as you retrieve 
retrieve with those weights that hang off. You get a couple of different sizes weights. Each bait comes in two different sizes and eight different colors. It's real similar to the live craw, freshwater, hard bait. I can see a lot of bass, smallmouth, largemouth, and walleyes. Don't tell anybody. Eating this lure right here, ultra realistic, of course, from Live Target, and then it's got the weight system as well, too. Now the legs, the pinchers here, TPE, soft plastic, very durable, real lifelike. They're buoyant, but they don't float up in the water. They look very natural when they're sitting in there. The drop on this thing is what really gets them going, and you can use those weights here as well to change the action on the bait. You get it to drop faster, you can get it to drop slower. Super realistic on that drop and the action on the live craw. The frog's really neat, too, because it's got this hard body, so you're gonna be able to bring it through heavy cover. And then these legs, though, is where all the action is. They've got what amounts to like little drift socks on these guys right here, and they fill up with water as you retrieve it. That stretches those legs out, and then they kick. It's like a kicking motion, it's crazy. And then as you rest it, the feet come back up into a natural resting position, just like that. The water drains out, there's a little spring in the hinge right there. And then they come up and that frog sits right up on top of the water with little nose and eyeballs poking out just like a real frog, super realistic. Of course, they look great too. There's two versions. This is the finesse model. It's a stealth if you want a little bit quieter approach or there's a, an agitator. There's a popper with a rattle in it. You can make a lot of noise and a lot of action up on the surface. Two sizes of each and they come in eight different colors. It's new baits from Live Target. And we got a really cool treble hook to tell you about next. What jaw lock is, is uh, the treble hook. It's the first fully automated machined treble hook. So a machine is making every treble hook exactly the same. So it's gonna give you the ultimate consistency. It's Mustad, so it's super strong. It's the ultra point technology, super sharp. It's real sharp. You don't know how many times I've had these stuck into my fingers this week down here at iCast, but uh, super, really interesting new hooks. The fact that you can get your bait to run exactly how it's supposed to run, right? So every hook is consistent, so you don't have two different treble hooks that uh, have little variations in time length or gap size. They're all gonna be consistent. They're all gonna be the same. Three different strengths, and I think there's 10 different sizes in the jaw lock, new for Mustang. This line is really cool because it's made by a company that makes stuff for outer space, right? So tough line, it's uh, designed made by Western Filaments. They're aerospace grade quality. So they like to say, if we can trust it in space, you can trust it on your line. And what we have new from Tough Line this year is called SPJ Braid. So it's it's for a slow pitch jigging, fishing in real deep water, a couple hundred feet, and it's a, the smallest diameter possible, but maximizing that breaking strength. So when you're fishing that deep, you don't want any line sway. You want to be able to go straight down, be in full contact with that jig or whatever you're fishing with down there. And when you're jigging, you don't want that line to wrap around. You just want it to be as vertical as possible. So it's a carrier braid. It's real, real tiny, but real, real strong. There's three different strengths with it. 15, 20, and 30 pound, and it's metered in 25 foot increments. So you got different colors every 25 feet. So if you're counting and you want to be like, okay, I got to go 400 feet down, you can count every yellow color and you know that you're going to be down 100 feet every time you see that color. It's a new SPJ braid available from Toughline. So we've also got a bunch of new rods from Mustad out this year that are uh, a lot of people are pretty excited about because we got the Brandon Lester uh, Instinct Elite. It's Brandon Lester custom rods. So he designed these rods, these new Instinct rods from Mustad. They're an Elite series, super light, four different options now for different styles of fishing.
finishing. Also really cool this year is the new Legacy Series combo. And this isn't designed for an adult and a youth. So if somebody out there wants to bring a kid and you don't really know what to do, right? Like you don't know what rod to get, you don't know what reel, you don't know what line, stuff like that. Well, this is a package with a rod for an adult, with a rod for a kid, fully spooled up. You got a rod and a reel combo, fully spooled reels already ready to go. It's literally a walk out the door, start fishing type of package. Well, tie on a hook, I guess, but ready to go package and it's available on a freshwater option, a saltwater option, and a big hit version, which allows you to go after some bigger fish. It's a new legacy series from Mustang. Okay, so we're walking around ICAST right now and you look at a lot of the banners and signs and there's always something that grabs your attention, right? That's what you try to do, put something out there that's gonna grab somebody's attention, whether it's a big fish picture or a catchy name. This has to be the best name in the entire show. I would agree. And I'm a slightly biased because it's Amundsen and it's actually pronounced Amundsen. So I'm Brett Amundsen and a lot of Amundsen's pronounce their name Amundsen. Yes, uh, my name is Aiden Monroe. I am the product design coordinator with Amundsen Outdoors. What is Amundsen? Outdoors. So Amundsen Outdoors is an A to Z uh, fishing manufacturer. We cover everything from terminal tackle, lures, all the way to fly fishing gear, waders, boots, etc. This guy's actually based in Canada. We are. We're based out of Canada and we manufacture overseas. Very cool. What's new this year? Uh, so for this year we are showcasing our Savvy Rider backpacking combo. It's an all-in-one kit for you know the new angler, someone who has really no knowledge of fishing whatsoever. It's supposed to get them on the water within 30 seconds or less. That's this right here? Exactly. Everything fits inside of that case. Comes with the rod, reel, line, lures, a multi-tool, and a towel. All fits inside of this nice case that can go in your carry-on luggage. You can put a rod in here, a rod and reel in here. You absolutely can. That wow. would be this guy right here. It's like a four-piece? It is piece? a six-piece. Six-piece. Six piece. A five-foot six, six-piece rod with okay. an internal cord, so you're never going to lose any of the pieces. Oh, oh, okay. So they fit together like a tent pole almost. Exactly. Same idea. Where do we find this stuff online? So this stuff can be found at Amazon.ca. Um, these are all products that will be available in retailers for spring 2023. You're lucky that's a Canadian website because I might have to sue you to get the website back. You can pay us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, I had to walk by this booth because I saw this amazing video that you had rolling back here. And uh, tell me about Pro Control. Tell me about this motor and, and what is attached to it. Okay, so this year we've come out with the Pro Control Revolution trolling motor, which allows you to mount this motor on both the bow or the, the stern of the boat. It uh, has this patented bracket down here on the bottom that'll accommodate the curvature or the angle of, of it, most any bow. Uh, it will not fit over any gunnel larger than three inch, so we've got to make that clear. Uh, it takes care of the, uh, when, you, when you adjust this, what it does is it keeps the motor vertical so that uh, you can put it in the stow position. It doesn't interfere with any of the tilting mechanism of the motor. Uh, it raises and lowers. We've got a 48 inch shaft to accommodate the height of the bow out of the water. Uh, then, if you want to use it on the uh, transom or the, the stern of the boat, sure. you would just, well, I've got that awful tight, but you'd loosen that up. You could either take this off, leave it down like that, or slide it all the way back. You just remove this bolt on the head, spin the, the head 180 degrees, replace that bolt, and it's ready to go on the transom. It comes out of the box ready for the, the bow, though. 
We also have a model that has a stationary head or one that tilts up and down. All right. And cool. And a stand and a quick connect and all kinds of accessories to go with. That's right. So the stand, the stand has dual purposes. If you need to work on your head, you can stand it up in your shop, garage, or whatever, and work on the head without having to lay it down, put it in a vise or, or whatnot. We also have a 20-foot harness that you can attach quick connect on this, this harness. And you can, when you move the motor to the front of the boat, you do not have to move your battery. You can leave it at the rear. Very cool. Mike, thank you very much. You Where do we find you online? ProControl.com. we made our way over to the Smith's Consumer Products booth. And these guys are great because they got all kinds of things that we use in the outdoor world like knives, knife sharpeners, also uh, ways to start fire, ways to cut trees. Basically, a lot of the tools that you're gonna use, maybe fishing pliers, uh, all, basically anything you're gonna use in the outdoors, they got it here. They've been making knife sharpeners for uh, I think 600 years. 600 years, is that what it was? 6,000 years, <laughs> I was close. Just missed one. They got a bunch of other stuff, let's go check it out. This thing is huge, Ricky. What is this thing? This is our new 60-inch uh, fish kill bag. Launching okay. here at ICAST 2022. This is for the kind of fish I like to catch, I think, because it's yes. huge. Kind of fish I would like to catch, right. let's say. <laughs> Insulated right. bag. Okay. Uh, handle's been tested to over 800 pounds per handle. Not just all handles, but each handle will will handle 800 pounds each. Where am I going to put my second fish? If this, second is, if fish this is good for 800 pounds. We'll, that we'll, means I caught one that's 800 pounds. That's where I'm going with that. We'll get, get two bags. Huge, one for each fish. <laughs> so that? who is this for then? Who's going to be using this bag, Ricky? You're going to have your offshore guys catching uh, wahoo, kingfish, tuna. We've had a lot of interest for guys that also elk hunt. Oh, sure. So they want a quarter an elk. Oh, that'd be perfect. Put uh, put their elk in here and and hike that out. That's a great so, idea. And these obviously you're going to keep things cold in here. How long do things stay cold in these bags? Now they typically it's probably about 24 to 48 hours. It'll maintain ice. Each bag does have a drain plug, so if you'll oh, let perfect. that drip, actually will maintain your ice level uh, much longer. Oh, so sure. There's a lot of conditions that affect your ice melt, but you'll get a good 24, 48 hours. What else you got to show us? We've got some new fillet knives. Let's uh, go take a look. Take Let's, a go, look. Let's go look at them. All right, what do you got for fillet knives then? Brand new four inch trout knife. Oh yeah. Three different colors, green, blue, and orange. Uh, it's really been a hot item at the show, really hot. I would say uh, best best new product for the Smith's booth, for sure. What are people saying, like how they're gonna use this? Uh, wide range from trout, which we really designed that for that trout and fly fishermen. Sea trout, and then those guys that love to turkey hunt, they wanna carry this oh, in their sure. pack to really dress out that turkey. And so. it's nice and small, four inch, four inch folding blade on it, so you can carry it a lot of places and just hook it like right on your fishing That's right. vest. Four inch, just clip it on your vest, clip it on your pack. It's always with you. So, what you guys have so many things. Is there anything you guys don't make for for anglers out there? Uh, there may be a couple I think things. They got we're, everything, but we're working on them. They're on the drawing board. <laughs> All right, say. what's yes. next? 
Next, we will take you to, uh, we do have some new pliers, not launched here at ICAST, oh, but cool. we have some great pliers we'd like to show you. So. Let's go check out the pliers. These are the new pliers. New pliers, aluminum. They have a thumb lock. We have both styles with a split ring. 50-50. You get 10 guys, 5 guys want a split ring, 5 guys don't. So we make both. So well, I think what, split ring pliers are worth their weight in gold, personally. Whatever you need, we have it. So uh, I like the thumb lock design right there, too. Lightweight. Check yeah. that out. Oh, yeah. Oh, Has a carabiner are good. once again. And they're gone. <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> oh, carabiner, yeah. Hook them right on. Once again, you can clip it on your belt when you're out fishing. It's right there, handy every time you need it. All right, thank you very much. What's next? Next, let's go uh, see some cut-proof gloves. How about it? I like it. What do you got going on here, Ricky? We got a brand new set of uh, cut level five cut-proof gloves with a grip. And you're flaying fish, flaying those cold slabs. Uh, and sometimes your hand goes numb, either from flaying 70 or 80 fish, or they're just cold. So when, as you're flaying that fish and you come down, these gloves are gonna protect you from accidental cuts. And plus you'll grip that, you'll be able to grip that fish and hold on to each one of those, secure the fish and the slab straight to the frying pan. All right, so right underneath those gloves there, I see this Mr. Crappie chiller. What's this all about? So it's a, it's a 30 inch insulated fish bag. Doubles as a live bait. So if you, if you want to, you need live bait for a day, you can take your live bait out. When you run out of bait, you can fill it up with fish. Once again, you have a drain plug. You can, you can really meter this drain plug so it'll just drip or it will empty out. The drain plug is also secured, so you can't lose your drain plug. Uh, Ricky, thanks for showing us the stuff. Where can people yeah. find out more information about this? They can go to smithsproducts.com to find out about this product and many others that we launch here at ICAST. Very good, thank you very much. Thank you. So, Danny, last time I saw you, you were holding a lake trout about this big. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I'm, I'm kind of missing that Canadian weather down here in Florida and, and lake trout. Way too hot. Yes. And you know what else is hotter? The pro new products from Garbage. Thank you very much. You like that? Yeah. What is this? So, this is the new Live Scope Ice Bundle okay. with the Plus transducer. So, we've got the, the new um, transducer because it's a lot better stitch points, kind of eliminates that ghost tree, gives us a lot better clarity. So we're actually able to see the fish, identify the species, and what I like is just the distance, you know, being able to find those fish a lot farther away than we were able to before. So Sure. All right. And this, when is this available? So this is available now. So um, this is going to be for this year's ice fishing lineup. You know, we've got it announced now. We've actually got some in stock, and you'll be seeing these show up, you know, in a lot of the retailers probably more towards October. Did, but Did I did I say one show up at my house? Did you say one? Did they <laughs> yeah, start there showing up go. at my house? No. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Congratulations on the win, of course, and then tell everybody if they didn't see what we used up at TAS, yeah. what you were using up there. So, you know, the other thing that we announced for ICAST this year is our new XR transducer, and that's what I had up at TAS, which was, was fun to see because we were able to use it right before the announcement, which made it really exciting. But um, the XR is for deep water. So when we're up there lake trout fishing and we're in, you know, water as deep as 200 feet, 300 feet, I mean, that thing will go to 500 feet. But, that's crazy. you know, we're able to see lake trout down there, and we've got that one screen video of that lake trout coming 
coming in as he's hooked up and you can actually see him releasing the air and seeing the air bubbles come out. So really cool stuff that we're able to do with that new XR transducer. Yeah, that was way cool. Uh, other new products that you guys are debuting here? Yeah, so you know the other thing we have is, is Garmin does a lot with the watches now. Yeah. And so we've got a new Quadix watch. This we one, actually won it? best of category yeah. for the novelties of wellness for that one. And um, you know we've got touch screen on that watch. It's got a new display so it's a little bit easier to read and better on battery life. I think I've got like 15 days on my watch before I had to charge it already. So wow. um, a lot of cool products. That's the cool thing about Garmin is we're, we're all over the place coming up with cool innovative stuff. Sure. And you're all over the place but if you get lost you can, you can find, find your way, way back. back. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. Alright. Where do people find you online? Yeah. So check us out at Garmin.com and you know you can follow my stuff up to Taz and Lake and see some of that at Danny Thompson on Instagram. Excellent. Danny. Thank, thank you very, very much. much. If you've got a question, comment, or story idea for us, send us an email. Go to SportingJournalRadio.com. While you're there, you can learn how to advertise on the show and visit our store for hats, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more. Go to SportingJournalRadio.com.